Before we begin, just a disclaimer, you might encounter strong language. Yikes. I also wanted to state that the narrations are my personal experience and opinions and should be taken with a side serving of humor. I don't aim to be representative as the narrations are part of my privileged experience and may differ from person to person. I was loud, forceful and bavard about the fact that it was the only way farmers could better their socioeconomic standing by following or adhering to oral sex. about sex baby let's talk about you and me remember this famous song from salt and pepper i think most of us 80s babies might remember this one the younger generation not so much so hi guys welcome to this week's episode last week unfortunately i couldn't record um because i was down with a really bad sore throat and was feeling really under the weather and as you can hear that little bit of thud uh in the background that's basically milo um it's the easter long weekend and i'm actually uh dog sitting my neighbor's dog milo milo and coco are best friends and it has been quite a relaxing uh enjoyable weekend with these two little fur babies around so coming back to that um topic of sex it's ever so controversial and the most taboo and salacious topic back home in india and i think pretty much even out here a whole lot of people are quite uncomfortable talking about sex so before i go on warning to any of my family members ex partners current partners father figures oh yeah and my mum who would not like to know about my sexual discovery escapades or my opinion could come as this could come as a shocker just a disclaimer so stop listening now coming back to today's topic sex the most controversial the most taboo and salacious topic it's the hot topic that is also very cringe worthy i find it particularly very uncomfortable in a room full of aunties and uncles or even my mom and dad um and having to discuss or even to bring about the topic of sex i still find it very awkward and silly me um a couple uh, of years back i think this was in probably 2000 and uh, 14 15 whilst watching a movie with um a friend of mine um now this is as an adult right um she was one of my girlfriends would come over to have a girls night out and i think the movie was unfaithful and one of those steamy hot scenes came up on the screen and me being me the awkward grown up reached out for the remote to flip channels and my girlfriend started giggling uncontrollably about my inability to watch a love making scene as an adult that too with another female best friend mm Now this episode of me trying to um uncomfortably flip the channel ha- 
happened a long time ago. Things have changed drastically since then. My knowledge and acceptability about sex and sexual education awareness has changed drastically since then. Now, now, wait a second. Before you go running your imagination a bit wild about me going on sex appeals in my quest to seek sexual knowledge, nothing of that sort ever happened. I wish it did. Um, but now, nah, I find sex intimidating. and sometimes overrated growing up in a severely strict catholic upbringing as a teenager i couldn't just have a conversation about it with my parents luckily enough for me i had an older sister who was a bit more informed although she was really shy um and a really uh, introverted kind of uh, older sibling but thankfully to her um there was a bit of passing of knowledge and coming of age uh with her and i'm really grateful for that the second point or i should say second person as a source of uh information download was my grandmom my grandmom was uh that's my mom's mom uh she was basically not educated uh, married at the age of 13 but i have to say she could be one of those really cool walk uh women of um today she was really cool she used to sport around um you know cute little ponies at one point of time because they got her hair really short and she had an amazing attitude and she was intriguing and funny and i remember this one particular uh time during our summer vacations when my parents were away i think they went for a, off for a wedding or somewhere and it was just my grandmom and my sister and me at home and my sister was i think about 19 years old and she um was uh, aware of movies such as dirty dancing and blue lagoon and i'm sure uh, she was intrigued and wanting to know what it was all about and uh, i remember specifically my sister trying to sneakily watch it and my grandmom actually caught her watching it and rather than reprimanding her for it my uh, grandmom said let's watch it it's so cool let's see it uh and the same goes with even i think the movie blue lagoon i think that was um one of those movies where i was just like with my mouth gaping while i was like ah oh, so now this is what everyone's talking about it's not just me i think most people find sex quite intimidating especially within the indian setup now i come from an indian upbringing and have lived most of my life in india as a child and as a teenage um and an early uh, 20 year old adult and although having moved to australia i still have a fairly large uh, circle of friends belonging to the indian community and especially women and it's really astonishing and quite sad to know that we rarely bring about the conversations about sex or sexual health or sexual intimacy or even sex as a 39 year old woman who is um bordering towards premenopause it's a really sad and sorry state of affairs I can't really blame them because there's so much of social taboo that's involved around um sex or the conversation about sex like don't talk about it but then you'll find a girlfriend who will be whispering in your ears about her sexual problems or her sexual life and I often wonder why are you whispering it's just you and me let's just be open about it let's have this discussion 
My early understanding of sex came in the form of a book called Growing Up Gracefully, handed over to by my mother dearest when I hit puberty. Now, little did she know that I had already read it in grade four. The naughty little miss inquisitive that I was, I had secretly snuck away the book from my sister's closet. I think this book was so dull that it never got reprinted or republished. It had the most bland, unimaginative explanation of sex, or should I say the birds and bees story. As an Indian woman, and I think this goes even to the men, our knowledge of sex is so warped. The only point of reference is pornography or adult movies. Now, when I was in my early, um, I think mid-20s, not early 20s, um, I was intrigued by what the hell is pornography or a porno. Um, I think I was influenced by my then boyfriend as well. And so I decided to watch a porno. Uh, and this one was a rather PG rated. So really mild um, in terms of the visual aspects of things, but really loud and amplified with the vocal effects. So it involved a lot of heavy moaning and over the top moaning, I must say, and aggressive feet rubbing. I don't know what was it. I don't know why were the feet being rubbed. Um, but anyways, when I did get into a relationship uh, and uh, was married, re reality didn't seem to match up. Um, and I think I've almost considered myself as a sexual failure. I simply don't understand why we Indian women, and men for that matter, talk more about sex. Somehow, if we do just the way I like I am doing right now through my podcast, we are labeled as loose, wavered, or promiscuous. Now, I have a niece who is about 16, 17 years old, and I have younger cousins in their 20s. And trust me, I want them to listen to this. No one told me or educated me about sex. And somehow, as a grown adult, I had to be super attractive, sexy, sassy, educated, um, you know, highly ambitious, and be one of those girls that everyone would want to date. But when it came to marriage, I had to be probably a replica of a virgin Madonna. There is so much of misinformation about sex. I think my education and awareness got better when I moved to Australia. But I still think Australia is slightly better off in this situation. At least they're quite open about, you know, conversations about sex or intimacy. I pity my niece and my younger female cousins. There is very little resources. Sex ed is almost just female bits, menstruation and birth control back home in India. No one ever wants to talk about UTIs, STIs, pap smears, or cervical cancer, or even just grooming down there, or hygiene. I wish my mum or someone or an aunt or an older cousin had told me that it's so essential to pee after sex. So to my niece and my younger cousins, take it hands down, pee after sex. It's just not a myth. It's a fact that it helps flush away toxins. It prevents us ladies from getting a UTI. And this goes as well to the men listening. I have to narrate this rather hilarious but truly sad encounter I had. It was possibly two years since my divorce and I was visiting my parents back home in India. And I enrolled myself in a routine health checkup. I'm quite glad and fortunate to have parents who make it non-negotiable when it comes to health or women health issues. 
Now, the checkup was at a rather famous, expensive hospital in South Mumbai. To all of my friends living in Australia, South Mumbai almost feels like South Yara or Brighton in, in Melbourne, where most doctors have got a foreign education. I had requested for a pap smear test and a mammogram. And on an arrival to the doctor's office and confronted by a female senior doctor who looked very much the diamond-studded breech candy or pedal road kind, questioned me about my marital status. When I announced that I was going through a divorce, I can now laugh and chuckle about it. But at that very moment, I swear, I could have used some rather descriptive foul words for that lady. She stated, nonchalantly, I don't think you should worry about a pap smear or a mammogram if you're divorced. I was 35 at that stage, and somehow being divorced had made me immune to the two deadly women killers, cervical cancer and breast cancer. This is how stupid our mentality back home is. And don't get me started on the condom talk. I feel majority of both Indian men and women think pregnancy is the only one thing that you can catch if not using a condom while having sex. Like, bro, seriously? Ever heard of STIs? Chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis? This could be controversial, but an unwanted pregnancy can be dealt with, but living with an STI can be lifelong enduring and altering. Do any of us, especially not trying to single out us Indian women, but do we know about HPV? What does it really stand for? HPV stands for human papillomavirus. It is the most easily contractable sexual uh, disease and is quite common amongst most women um, in today's world. It's also the fourth major cause of cervical cancer. Again, as women, we have so much to lose. If we get pregnant, our bodies take a toll. If we have an abortion, it's a mental and physical toll. Birth control is a whole other story. I was never informed about birth control or condoms. Or uh, did I have a choice? When I got into a relationship with the man who I married later, I was never given the option to choose. And I wish I was better informed, better educated. I recently watched uh, the much acclaimed uh, Netflix series, it's called Bridgerton. I'm sure you must have watched the lead character. Oh my God, he is so hot. <laughs> but besides that point, um, he's also known the king of strong pullouts. Well, for that reason alone, I, I'm hoping and wishing that India makes a re, um, remake of it, an, an Indian version of Bridgerton, because it's so true and an absolute reflection of the knowledge that most women have about sex. And it even goes down to the men. So coming back to the point of condom talk, in short, no condom, no sex. This shop is shut. And I mean shut. Well, if you think us women have it bad, <laughs> trust me, the men have it really, really bad. And I feel really sorry for them. The only source of sexual references or any sort of uh, awareness about sex comes from pornography. These visual contexts are so far from reality that most men, and trust me, really trust me on this, I have counter-referenced this shamelessly by a few of my male friends. 
that good sex is something that lasts for more than two hours with aggressive moaning and gravity-defying bodily alignment when reality is far from it and when those visual references are not matched. Most men proclaim their internal bedroom activities as lackluster. As women, we are so misinformed or rather doctrinated to believe by either our partners or by so-called popular culture that if we as women don't dress a certain way, moan or grunt or contort our bodies, then we are absolute failures in bed. And then us being women self-proclaim ourselves as failure in life or relationship. How do we compare as to what we like or what feels right or what good sex is when it's such a taboo or a hush topic to talk about sex? How do we even know or become aware of what's going wrong down there? As we grow older, fatter, thinner, is this natural? Is this my choice? Or is this the you know, sort of choice that we get in terms of um, use of condom, birth control? Is this marital rape disguised in consensual sex with a partner? So many things. And we just let it slide as women. I've been very lucky and should be grateful that working in advertising in Australia has led me to female friendships that make it safe to talk about issues like these. Surrounding myself with women who are so informed and aren't coy about their discussions. And I'm quite pleasantly surprised that most of my friends who are so comfortable talking about sex aren't straight. That goes for both male friends and women. Why is it that being straight makes it so difficult to have these conversations? It's much needed. Then why do we shy from it? When I was going through a divorce and was undergoing counseling, one of the questions asked by my therapist was, what is it that I needed to improve in my sexual intimacy? I had no answer. And I feel like most women should know what they want. Not just sex, but to feel confident, safe and taken care of. I want to narrate a rather funny and quite an embarrassing um, episode when I was, a, um, I think, in my early 20s and in junior college. I was attending economics lecture and the lecture was about the socioeconomic effects of farmers in rural India. And I think one of the reasons was lack of contraception knowledge and large family unit size. Now, at that point of time, I had recently picked up on a commonly used term that was passed around in my friend circle, oral sex. And my limited knowledge and deep-rooted misinformation or lack of fact-checking led me to believe that it referred to kissing. There I was, a foolish, naive 20-something, debating with a rather amused, confused economic lecturer, entertaining my argument that farmers in India, to decrease family size, should indulge in oral sex. I was loud, forceful, and bavard about the fact that it was the only way farmers could better their socioeconomic standing by following or adhering to oral sex. When I think about this incident, I cringe 
and with a red face pledged that never will another Indian 20-something have to resent to have a rather embarrassing flashback of self-inflicted misinformation about oral sex. So if my niece is listening to this podcast, be better informed, be better than your mouthy. This ignorance is even more rampant for us women who are a bit curvilicious. Somehow, if a woman is a bit healthier or curvy, the misconception is that men make the statement, I like my woman who has a bit of meat. Oh, I like women who are thick. Yuck. Generally, those same men think they like curvy, but it's just for kinks. And the reality is that they want a trapeze artist in bed with featherweight supermodel appearance, but have that extra added feature of a great rack and butt added on. Simply put, a face with a base. Women aren't like Photoshop files where you can close and open up layers and effects. And real women surely are not. In the start of this series, I stated no male bashing. But us women have it really hard. I have had a few crazy adventures with trying to be bold enough about bringing about the subject of sex in normal conversations. Talking about Photoshop, I remember the young, enthusiastic art director that I was during my time at contract advertising. It was award season, and as anybody and my ad fraternity friends would know, during award season, every social cause, be it aggressive public nose digging to sperm donation, is excavated and probed to create the one exclusive creative masterpiece that could lead you sure shot stardom in the advertising world, the Khan's Award or the DNAD. Me being the super zealous, highly and overly creative mind, decided to work on sperm donation. This is pre-Wiki Donor era. Now to a lot of my Australian listeners, Wiki Donor is one of those rare Bollywood gems that openly spoke about sperm donation in the Indian setup. I decided to use a rather close, obnoxious, girly, uh, in your face mugshot of the pubes. To be specific, the female pubes. And add copy to it, falling out magically to form the hairy, descriptive um, sort of visual that would be um, jaw-dropping, but also award-winning. Imagine the shock horror when my creative director saw it. And to add to the injury, my Photoshop retouching artist having to retouch the image on a 27-inch Mac screen with his face stuck staring at a brunette JJ, the scene would have not been very welcoming for anyone entering for the next couple of days in the studio of the retouching guy. I laugh now, but trust me, it took a lot of convincing on my part to get this ad approved. So this is how uncomfortable we get when we talk about sex or any sexual reference as an Indian. Yet we expect that the younger generation and the kids we bring up to be better at it. With lack of information and reference checking, we create 
adult locks on televisions, the internet is supervised, kids banned from using social media, which is fine for younger kids, but for teenagers, when tough conversations about sex, sexuality, or sex ed is a no-no, where else do they get it from? Defines often Indian society growing up as adults, entering into relationships, marriages, somehow we are expected to just be great or good at it. Just like looking after a home or bringing up kids, somehow it's all about inserting one thing into another and magically there is sexual spark and, and life is wonderful. How do we as women and men learn to take ownership of this activity called sex? and treat it more than just an act to procreate, but also a pleasurable deed that is healthy for physical and mental well-being. When will we women educate ourselves about looking after our sexual health, our needs and our wants, getting ourselves educated about it, being aware and having conversations about it? Remember, ladies, you're one hell of a kind, sexy, amazing, Absolutely hot, no matter what size or shape. Learn the art of flirting. Learn the art of looking and feeling sexy for yourself. Learn to feel and touch, groom for your own sake. Trust me, men, although will not state it, but find it rather attractive when women are sexually more informed. This could be very much life-changing, relationship-saving, and confidence-boosting exercise. Go forth and conquer. Thanks, folks, for tuning in. And if you really liked this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe or follow us on Spotify. We are also available on Anchor and on Google Podcast. So stick around and stay tuned for the next episode next week about my creatively messy life.